Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This episode is brought to you by Epsilon a leading global loyalty partner that boasts over 50 years supercharging brand experiences. Epsilon is delighted to announce the arrival of its award-winning loyalty solutions to the Middle East and Asia-Pacific region. Its people cloud loyalty technology and services are designed to create hyper-personalized and emotional connections with customers, perfect for consumers in the Middle East and Asia-Pacific countries. For more information, visit apac.epsilon.com forward slash Let's Talk Loyalty or drop me an email and I'll put you in touch. So welcome to the latest episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. And today I am delighted to be talking to one of our sponsors and a real friend of the show. So Ashish Sina is the Managing Director for Epsilon for Asia Pacific and the Middle East and Africa. So first of all, let me welcome Ashish Sina to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. Great to have you, Ashish. You're with me today coming from the Global Delivery Center in Bangalore. That's correct, from the land of India. Wonderful, wonderful. So I know you have a huge team there, Ashish, um, and I know you have a fantastic career that we're going to talk about today. I think over 23 years as a business leader, covering all sorts of exciting things from marketing analytics through to loyalty, uh, particularly, I think, leading global 500 companies to explore their loyalty challenges at scale. Am I right? That's correct. Wonderful. And tell me, actually, Ashish, how big is your team there in Bangalore? Well, Paula, the team in Bangalore is about 2,600, uh, but that's a team that sort of really helps, um, you know, manage, build, operate platforms across uh, the globe for our Fortune 500 clients. But we also have a, a very strong team that sits in various cities uh, within APAC, um, you know, in uh, Singapore and Sydney, um, and we're actually going to open up an office in, in Dubai, but um, it, it is a global team. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. So I think the purpose of our conversation today, Ashish, is really to talk about, uh, I suppose, the state of the loyalty industry as we settle into 2021. And again, you do have extraordinary experience across big global brands, which is always super fascinating. Um, thrilling for me to hear that you're planning to set up an office in Dubai, um, supported by those massive uh, operational capabilities, as you said, out of India. So before we get into hearing everything that you're working on, tell me first and foremost, what is your favorite loyalty statistic? All right, Paula. So I'm going to flip the question quickly because I found a wonderful statistic about your podcast, oh. which is your 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 <laughs> listenership has increased by a whopping one six. You know, I think it's 168 uh, percent over the last one year. And you're the uh, I think the number one podcast in the UAE and Ireland. Yeah. I got these stats today, and I'm so amazed by it. So I thought I'll I'll bring that up front. Oh, thank you, Ashish. Yeah. That's very kind of you. <laughs> so I know you're going to make me speak about loyalty, but I think. Uh, we're going to have to share your secret sauce around loyalty too uh, as we go down the route. Uh, my favorite statistic, well, it's uh, it's an interesting one um, and it's probably very sort of topical of the day. It's 80, 70, 60. And so what does that mean? Mm. Um, 
do you know that 80% um, of your online shoppers um, uh, are usually members of one or more loyalty programs? So that's the first stat. Okay. Did you yeah. know that um, loyal online shoppers are 70% more probable to buy a product than a non-member? And okay. finally... Yeah. Um, loyalty members spend 60% more online than non-members. So wow. that's the, wow. that's the yeah. um, you know, 80, 70, uh, 60. Okay. And I say that because, and I can give you context, it's really applicable to this COVID yeah. uh, sort of era. Absolutely. Yeah, COVID is something that, I mean, unfortunately, um, you know, has to come up in all of these key conversations. And I know when we talked before, e-commerce is a key passion of yours. Um, and I will actually share that I have some background myself with it, uh, both loyalty and e-commerce, because I believe they can really drive each other. Um, so it is an extraordinary opportunity. Um, and I know you even sent me through some incredible statistics, particularly how e-commerce is exploding in India. And I think we know it's exploding all over the world. But even I see predictions that India might even overtake the United States as the, wor the world's number two e-commerce marketplace in, in uh, I think it's 2034, if I'm correct. Yeah, I mean, we do. I, I wish we had um, a crystal ball that went even longer, but um, that's the furthest we could take it. But to your point, uh, it's e-commerce across the world. Yeah. Um, and as you know, uh, it's because people have more time to uh, get onto their laptops or onto their phone because they're sitting at home. Yeah. Um, and um, e-commerce is the, the channel for transaction now. Yeah, absolutely. And it is. And, and it has um, obviously extraordinary benefits. It has extraordinary uh, potential to explode even further. I think we both agree. But I think what we're hoping to talk about today, and I'm really keen to hear your perspective is, you know, where is the opportunity for people within loyalty to, to drive e-commerce? And, you know, e-commerce can really drive loyalty as well, because I think there's that extraordinary opportunity to, um, to excel on the customer service front, uh, particularly in an e-commerce environment. Is that something that you're hearing? That's true, uh, Paula. And I think e-commerce actually is probably the most robust KPI for a, for a loyalty leader if they want to measure the uh, success of their loyalty program. Mm. So in fact, we have uh, lots of brands that are doing two things. One is uh, really getting to know their customer really, really well, uh, mm -hmm. in a way, owning their digital journey. So not mm -hmm. just when they engage with their own brand, but with other brands. Mm -hmm. And then really uh, helping customers uh, and their consumers uh, buy from them because right now what's happening is you know a lot of times brands market through Facebook or Google yeah. um, and they have uh, purchases made through Amazon or other e-commerce uh, sites and I think what we're seeing is uh, loyalty leaders are saying well you know what I should have a direct relationship with my with my loyal customer I know them better than anybody else yeah. right now that relationship is broken because it's walking through so many different channels yeah. um, and I think e-commerce is a great way to get customers to engage with you and and mm. finally to, to monetize 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, actually, Ashish, because as I mentioned, um, I have both passion for e-commerce and passion for loyalty, as you know. And I'll quickly share this story because it's exactly what we're seeing now. Just it's happening in different sectors right now, I think, for your clients. And there's a couple of them particularly I want to ask you about. But the quick story I was going to share is um, I worked as the e-commerce marketing manager for Emirates Airline. And exactly to your point, Ashish, this is 20 years ago when travel agents were the intermediary. So the airline itself didn't have a direct-to-consumer relationship. They had started their loyalty program skywards. But when we launched the e-commerce booking engine, it was an extraordinary opportunity to use the, the levers of loyalty to offer bonus miles to book directly online and to use that channel for the first time. So is that what you're seeing is coming through with your, with your own clients? It is, Paula. And, and that's just um, an amazing example because it looks like you did that quite a while back. Yes, and you I know, did. You have brands now. <laughs> you have brands now that are catching up twenty years uh, later. Sure. Um, so, um, so that's that's great. And you and you're um, you're absolutely correct. Um, having that direct conversation with your loyal customer is is so so important because you know so many brands are vying for that loyalty. Yeah. Um, and um, I think the the true sort of end of the cycle is when um, you engage with. The, the loyal customer and they and they buy from you because at the end of the day you yeah. are looking for results um, and so um, it's you know and we can I mean we can talk about some of the e-commerce strategies a lot of brands are yeah. are, are embarking on but um, your um, Emirates example is is a, is a quintessential one. And uh, certainly a proud, proud moment, Ashish, um, and I know you're going to give us plenty more, but what I want to just pick up on what you mentioned, though, because I think it is definitely a big trend that I'm hearing, and that's moving away from the platforms where maybe historically we've done all of the marketing or the, you know, the pay-per-click, for example. And yes, they have a role to play, but increasingly, I think customers prefer to deal directly with the brand purely from a trust perspective. So I think that's what I'm hearing you're saying in terms of we want to have direct relationships with these brands. And I think it's incumbent on the brands to create the opportunity for us to do that. That's very true. That's very true. I think we're going through a, a period of, of great mistrust. I yeah. think we have had, um, you know, some of the platform, you know, we call them the walled gardens, um, uh, whether yeah. it's the Facebooks or the Amazons, they're all under the scanner uh, by the public, by the government about the way they use the data yeah. uh, because you are sharing data with them. Now, yeah. the great thing is, um, you know, heads of loyalty actually have access to the most powerful data, which is first party data. Mm. And it is given by consent because yeah. people join up to your program and they're basically saying, I trust you enough uh, for you to take care of my data. And then you yeah. have the obligation to take care of the data and engage in, in very privacy compliant ways, yeah. uh, but in very good experiential ways. But mm. you know, the whole idea being that I think customers are getting wary of uh, you know the big tech giants, as they say, yeah. and uh, they're going to trust brands that are very transparent, very yeah. honest, and very open in engaging with them. Absolutely. Yeah, I kind of, I think what um, what we're both saying, Ashish, I definitely share that feeling myself just as a consumer, where 
I, you know, I suppose I engaged with these platforms, you know, primarily for entertainment and again, to connect with family and friends. So there's an inherent, I suppose, loyalty to them for creating that opportunity. But as you said, it, it almost feels like a lot of them have gone too far. And now it is a case where I'd say, actually, no, I'd rather deal with Emirates. I'd rather deal directly with the brand because they have the explicit policies where I know there isn't any other party involved. So I think the commercialization of the platforms is really where I think people are just starting to get uncomfortable, as you said. That's true, Paula. I think the ecosystem will will have both, to your point. Yeah. Uh, they, they all have their utilities, but I really believe that, um, you know, I think brands, um, sorry, customers are going to look to brands yeah. and, and really say, are you being honest with my data? Yeah. And if you engage with me and you transact with me in transparent ways, I will buy more from you. And, and, and that's important, uh, really important. And do you think it is because of COVID, Ashish? Do you think this is something that has been either triggered or accelerated by the pandemic? Or, or what is that context from, from a trust perspective? I, I think it's a mix. And to your point, I think a lot of this um, has been triggered by COVID mm. because um, so much of our interactions have moved online, yeah. whether we the way we um, interact or engage with um, uh, OTT, the way we engage with websites, um, everything we're doing, you know, Spotify, um, it's all online and, and data is being generated and it's mm. being gathered. Mm. And I think, um, you know, people are finding it a little spooky because suddenly the Amazon and the Googles know much more about you than you know about yourself. Mm. Um, and so I think it's getting a little scary. But again, like I said, this is where um, custodians of data, first-party mm. data are truly your, 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 your heads of loyalty because they manage yeah. fabulous data which they have to protect. Absolutely. And again, just to, um, I suppose, emphasize the, the new sectors that I'm seeing it in. And I'd love to hear any examples you have, Ashish. So we've talked about travel. It always really was, I suppose, the forefront of loyalty, the forefront of e-commerce. So it's not that surprising, I suppose, to hear that it was Emirates 20 years ago. But one I saw recently that I thought was fascinating was Coca-Cola in the United States. And they have launched um, direct-to-consumer loyalty initiatives. Now, certainly in the US, they've had their e-commerce businesses. Now, I've never bought Coca-Cola directly from Coca-Cola. <laughs> I don't know about you. Um, <laughs> but what I like is the fact that as an FMCG brand, they are starting to realize again that they need to have this direct connection. So um, I think it's called the Insiders Club. So are you thinking that that other verticals like FMCG can really leverage that, even if they're maybe not as powerful as Coca-Cola as a brand? Oh, uh, absolutely, uh, Paula. Uh, we have clients in the FMCG sector mm -hmm. that are saying, we, we are so disintermediated from our customers and we should know our customers better than anyone else if we really want them to love us as a brand and if you want them to become loyal. Um, so I think um, you're going to see many more FMCG brands and other verticals looking to build what we call D2C relationships. Yeah. And it again boils down to building that trust mm -hmm. um, and uh, really, really owning and engaging with the customer like never before. Mm. Um, as I said, people are now moving online. It is, it is no more yeah. a uh, you know, nice to have. It is, it is table stakes now. 
Absolutely. And I think what a lot of people uh, maybe in the past wouldn't have really thought about is, you know, how are they being compared to other online giants? And, you know, Amazon is the obvious example. So in the past, as a retailer, perhaps you might have had your online experience and your offline experience. And perhaps the offline experience was more well-developed, more mature. But actually, as you said, people now are just on the computer and comparing these e-commerce experiences that you almost have to be as good as Amazon if you're going to have a hope? Absolutely. Absolutely. They call it the three A's. Uh, people can uh, buy anywhere, yes. anytime, and mm-hmm. in any way they want. Yeah. Um, so you could be in Brazil or you could be in um, Singapore. You could be buying the same product. Yeah. You could buy it at 12 uh, midnight. You could buy it at six in the morning. Yeah. And you can buy it either through internet banking or through Google Pay. Yeah. Uh, and so that democratization of, um, of the buying uh, process uh, really means that brands have to think about their, um, especially their loyal customers in yeah. very different ways, especially how they engage online. Absolutely. And you said something even before we came on air, I think the last time we spoke, Ashish, which I really loved because it's a point that has been made on the show, but probably still needs more emphasis. And it's actually that now more than ever, the brand needs to be loyal to the customer and really demonstrate empathy. So I think a lot of us build loyalty programs and say, great, we want our customers to be more loyal and buy more. And we do. But I think you have that perspective that really just is, you know, how can we demonstrate that loyalty? Oh, absolutely. And it's even more magnified during these tough times. I mean, COVID has been crazy um, and um, it's left a lot of families um, battered financially, uh, physically, in all ways, mentally. And, um, you know, when, uh, like you mentioned, you know, we always talk as brands about getting loyal customers. I think we have to be loyal brands too. And and here's some examples of what it means to be a loyal brand. Mm. you know, there, there is um, a brand we know, and okay. this is sort of the, 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 the wrong side of the house. An example that I feel is something you should not follow. Okay. A brand that <clears throat> had a loyalty program mm. and found that um, the average spend of some of their loyal uh, uh, members, loyalty members, was declining that drastically. And so their action was, well, guess what? Let's just throw mm. more promotions and offers at them. Mm. But little did they realize mm. that, you know, the the purchasing power of that loyal member had really got gone down because they had lost their jobs, mm. right? And so it is extremely, and, and, and that's where, um, you know, a, a consumer can, uh, you know, you can leave a very sour taste with consumers if you engage with them in, in ways, where, you know, when you shouldn't, when the, the situation is not right. Yeah. And on the flip side, we, we have a um, uh, another brand, it's actually a bank, that during COVID, uh, I, I recall that instead of, again, pounding mm. um, their uh, their prospects and customers with, you know, open an account or uh, open up a brokerage account um, or buy insurance, um, they were actually talking about, hey, if you're a small business owner, mm. uh, here are ways you can get access to um, uh, zero interest emergency funds that have been deployed by the government. Wow. Right. So yeah. instead of saying, come and get a home loan from us, yeah. uh, they're basically saying, you know, it's tough times. The government yeah. has a better option. And here's how you can go about getting it. Wow. And I think that's when you're loyal to your to your uh, to your uh, uh, consumer. 
Yeah, yeah. And I've often said before as well, Ashish, what I love about these conversations is we get to talk about the emotion of loyalty because, you know, I deliberately didn't call the show Let's Talk Loyalty Programs because, <laughs> you know, we all know the points and prizes and we know the mechanics, but it's it's the underlying intention of taking care of each other that I think is coming through in the kind of work that you guys are doing. Yeah, they say loyalty and family. Yeah. They, there's, they're interchangeable. Yeah. And it's all about fail. experiences. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So what do you mean by experiences, Ashish? Well, um, I think, again, this comes to a point of, you know, just, you know, is this another offer or a discount or, you know, do you earn and burn points? It's so transactional. Yeah. And uh, you may have heard of this. Um, you know, it's about really now building those emotional connects because your loyal member is uh, like a part of your family. Yeah. Um, and you've got to treat them like your family. You know, you cannot be always hounding them with deals, you know, the best deal of the day. Yeah. Um, you have to, like, we have a, um, a large uh, pharmacy uh, giant, you know, I can actually mention the name Walgreens. Um, uh, they are just they they transform the loyalty program from being very much a points based system and rewards based system to one which is extremely experiential. Which means if you have a certain ailment, mm. then every month. Walgreens will make sure you get, you know, kind of um, tips, um, ways of tackling your ailments, new diets. And so in a way, it's looking after, they're looking after your well-being, not just trying to push more wow. drugs to you. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's when you feel, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a loyal brand to you because they're doing much more than just giving you uh, the next best, best deal. Wow. That's an extraordinary example. I'd heard they'd rebranded it, Ashish, and I know you guys run the Walgreens program, um, but I didn't really understand, I suppose, the intention behind it. And I know from my own kind of research and writing that, um, you know, lots of other, again, e-commerce players are trying to move into Walgreens overall business in terms of, you know, sending out drugs, for example, just kind of shipping the, the prescription. But that whole approach of, I suppose, wellness and I suppose true person personalization because my goodness health is first and foremost and again the context of COVID means that the level of appreciation that I would have for my pharmacy to actually help manage any condition if, if I have one I think that's that's a, just a really lovely insight. Oh true and and again it boils down to if you have a family um, you're going to be loyal to them and you're going to do other things than just transactions. Um, you know Walgreens also has a great uh, uh, pre prescription refill reminder. Um, they have um, you know curbside pickups so that uh, you know it's contactless in terms of um, um, any kind of exchange of goods. Mm. Um, they really are looking after you and your safety and your wellness to your point. So I think they've moved away from um, selling drugs to yeah. let let me help you uh, with your health. Yeah. And dare I say it, I think for some brands, um, it almost took COVID to really kind of, I suppose, make us take a step back and go, what am I doing here? You know, what is my purpose as a business? You know, never mind again, a structured loyalty program. So it's, I'm not here just to market my stuff. I'm here to, again, do business and take care of my family. That's correct, Paula. There are many, many examples. And I think the winners um, uh, through COVID are going to be those that stuck by their consumers, mm. that had a great online um, yeah. sort of interface and that um, gave great experiences. 
Yeah. And I know, again, even looking back at previous, I suppose, um, challenging times in the world, like, um, you know, for example, 2008 would have been a time where economically there was a lot of recession happening. And my own experience at the time was brands that invested in the customer relationship at that exact time. First of all, it was actually almost easier to stand out for doing simple things well. Um, And I think those businesses definitely thrived in the years to come. So, it's almost just the need to kind of go, okay, actually there's a dramatic situation and it's time to step back um, and and really just kind of go, okay, what can we do for the long-term relationship? And again, just to kind of earn that loyalty over time. That's correct. And I think um, when you, when you have a loyalty program or you have loyalty members, you're you're not looking at them for a purchase, you know, three months from now, you know, you're looking at customer lifetime value. In fact, you you want their uh, kids um, and their, and your grandkids to be loyal to your brand. And and it's really a long-term play. Mm -hmm. And so I think brands that invest now that give experiences that are not always looking at pushing out promotions um, are going to be the winners down the road. So Ashish, we've talked about trust and uh, I think we've talked about e-commerce. So what other trends do you see coming through in terms of, I suppose, both Epsilon clients and just your your overall work with their loyalty programs in general? Yes. Uh, Paula, we feel that at the end of the day, um, the trend is going to emanate from the consumer. And we see some fundamental shifts in the way consumers' sentiments are, are, are shifting, especially during these profound times. Mm. Um, one, one trend is really around um, escapism. And, and Paula, I think you probably will relate to this. Um, you know, we are so fatigued about what's going on around us. There is a level of pessimism. Um, there are folks with, uh, you know, some serious mental health issues just because of yeah. uh, the last one year. And so people are trying to escape from reality. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where, again, coming back to experiences, which is why it's so important uh, to have true personalization. Um, uh, you know, and I'll give you some examples of, of kind of how this, this is working. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the fact is that, um, I don't know if you're aware of this, there's a, there's a new trend. It's called isolationist traveling. And so okay. there are travel companies that have realized that, um, you know, there, no one's going to jump on a flight, go to um, a sea resort, uh, mingle with lots of people, have a rave party. That That's not going to happen now. These are crazy times. Yeah. But people are looking for experiences where um, they can, um, um, you know, go on trips on their own. Okay. Um, they're looking for road trips. They're looking for remote camping. And so the kind of experiences you give now mm. to your uh, consumers mm. um, are ones where you can help them really escape from reality and do it in a very safe way. That's incredibly insightful because, again, I've done plenty of staycations in the last 12 months. Um, and again, you know, my own home country of Ireland, for example, you know, people aren't even allowed being traveled to the airport. So even if they were um, willing themselves and, and brave enough to get on a flight, which I think many would, they, they just unfortunately can't get there. So um, 
what I love, though, is a lot of airlines, I think, are starting to kind of see those opportunities to even partner with other kind of maybe more local uh, partnerships to drive that kind of loyalty to say, OK, we can't reward your, your loyalty with a free flight. So let's, for example, fulfill it with the staycation. And I know you have hotel clients, for example. But even if it is just actually, you know, a campsite in the desert, I'd be perfectly happy to use my loyalty points and go and stay in a, in a mountain somewhere. Sure, absolutely. Paula, in fact, um, you know, you brought up um, hotels, uh, you know, Marriott is a client of ours and um, they essentially kind of caught up with this wave of people want to sort of, um, you know, escape from reality, even though it's sometimes very difficult to do that. Yeah. So one of the features they brought into their program was uh, essentially booking for the future uh, with extremely flexible uh, cancellation policies. So, you know, there's peace of mind. You can book a holiday with your current points 12 months from now. Yeah. And in six months, if you see that it's not going to work out, it's very easy to cancel. Mm -hmm. And I think it also gives you hope. It makes you think about all the good days. It makes you think about, wow, there's something I'm looking forward to. Um, and that's what, and that's the experience Marriott created by saying, you know what, you can't travel now, yeah. but guess what? Book yeah. for the future. And yeah. if it doesn't work out, hey, uh, we won't find you. Okay. I will yeah. give your money back. Yeah. And it's it's actually to your same point earlier, Ashish, about the brand being loyal to the customer. So that's an exact example of Marriott kind of going, okay, this is way we can put their mind at rest. And actually you reminded me of one other personal example because I did travel home at Christmas while it was possible um, to, to get to Ireland. Um, and Emirates, for example, has a global, global COVID coverage. So if you do travel with the airline and do unfortunately happen to get the infection, you can have a all of your medical uh, needs taken care of. So I think there's lots of examples coming through um, with all sorts of um, clients. And again, I love the insight you have because you've got so many kind of big global brands. And sometimes it's a case where actually that's something that anyone can do, regardless of whether it's an e-commerce company, whether it's a hotel or an airline. So, um, so lots of great ideas coming through. Are there any others that you think we can share with the audience? Yeah, no, I'm trying to think of others. I, I mean, I can think of um, just um, simple ones that are, you know, that are not clients of ours, but I believe are doing, are kneeling the concept of experiential loyalty. Okay. Uh, and, and a good example is, is Spotify. Okay. Um, uh, Spotify is just beating um, Apple Music hands down. And that's because they have some really, really interesting ideas that they keep sprouting up. Um, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Spotify, uh, Spotify Wrapped. No, tell me. Um, Spotify Wrapped is a really, really cool um, um, sort of program where um, the you know you as a listener, uh, Spotify looks at your your history of uh, music listening. It looks at the songs you've listened to the most, the bands you've listened to the most. And it creates this really kitschy kind of video, which you can actually share um, on social media platforms. Um, and it's done at the end of the year. So in a way, you can go back to all the music you, you escaped to during mm. the year. Okay. And you can see that in a video. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really cute and funky and um, original. And um, it's basically bringing all these songs that you listen to in funky ways together. And then that little video is something you can send to friends. And it's a very small, effective thing, but it's a beautiful thing because people love that. Yeah. Um, um, 
and it didn't have, you know, you, you don't have to spend too much money on it. Um, it's very easy to do on technology, yeah. but it left such an uh, impact on its users okay. um, that, um, uh, again, like I said, I think they have really learned the art of, of driving loyalty. Wow. And Spotify is an extraordinary brand. And I think uh, I think we all get a sense of satisfaction because, well, from my perspective, they're really supporting podcasts. So go Spotify. <laughs> um, genuinely, I think the figure I saw they've invested is $600 million. So they've, uh, they've brought some exclusive content, which again is probably something that um, loyalty program owners always aspire to, um, you know, which is really, you know, create something exclusively for your customers. So I love to think that Spotify is finding ways to, to drive loyalty because it's not one that we think of typically. And again, it's an e-commerce brand that exists purely in a digital environment. That's correct, Paula. And uh, this also behooves a lot of traditional companies uh, to push hard on their um, commerce activities, on going digital. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they're going to be left behind. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you think they are, Ashish? Again, I think, as we've said, um, you know, the consumer appetite is, is ginormous, <laughs> let's just say. And to, uh, to our favorite statistics point, actually, you gave me a sum as well, which I'm going to share with our listeners. Um, one is that um, in 2017, the e-commerce uh, valuation um, in India was about $30 billion, with projections by 2026 to grow to $200 billion dollars. Um, so I think there's just just an outstanding amount of opportunity there. So what do you think um, loyalty program owners need to be thinking of to, to really capture all of that value? Yeah, Paula, I think this is where we have um, or loyalty, traditional loyalty programs have engaged with uh, with customers sort of in a what we call the offline world. So, you know, emails, brochures, in-store activity. Um, and this is a time where uh, loyalty leaders have to engage with customers uh, in a very, very suave way digitally. Yeah. Um, and uh, there are technologies out there uh, that if used in extremely uh, compliant ways and with the permission of, of your loyalty member yeah. um, can essentially tell you how your loyalty um, a member manages his or her day digitally. You know, what kind of sites do they like? Uh, what kind of blogs do they visit? Um, yeah. You know, what are their passions? Uh, what are their interests? And uh, you need to pick the signals digitally mm -hmm. and uh, capture them and then weave it into uh, the way you personalize your next best actions with your with your loyal customers. So right now, you know, a lot of programs, you know, you have business rules that the marketeers devise um, based on inputs they they see by segmenting the the loyalty data that they get from their programs. Mm. But we are saying you've got to go a step ahead. Now you need to know much more about your loyal customer, not just what they do with your brand mm. and that also in an offline world, but yeah. you need to be able to understand how they live their online world. Yeah. Um, and use that intelligence to hyper-personalize how you engage with them. Mm. Um, and I think that's where I see a lot of loyalty leaders having to go, which is it's not just yeah. uh, important to have a loyalty program. You have to have almost a customer 360 degree view digital program yeah. that you bolt on top of your loyalty program. 
Yeah, it sounds super complicated. As you, <laughs> I haven't run a loyalty program in in let's say four or five years, and certainly that level of of expertise wasn't available on the programs I was running. Is it something that that's that's already in operation for for a lot of clients? Do you think they're they're getting that full three hundred and sixty view? Paul, I have to be honest with you. I think there are there are clearly um, you know trendsetters um, that have been around that are really trying to push the boundary. I don't think anyone's reached that true three sixty degree view of the customer because um, okay. <laughs> I think it's almost impossible to know everything about Paula yeah. uh, or everything about Ashish. But I, I think um, you know the technologies that exist now where you can get if not three sixty, you yeah. can get three twenty degrees. Wow. Um, and um, again. I think it's very important as a brand that you let your consumer know mm. what you're doing, yeah. how you're collecting the data and how you're going to use it. Yeah. Um, and you have to commit to them that you're not going to misuse it. You're not going to share it with anyone else. Yeah. But once they understand and they trust you, yeah. the value you can get with that data yeah. um, and the way you can then engage with that consumer, they will mm. pay you back a um, hundred um, times in terms of how they'll engage with you, how they'll talk about you, the reviews they'll, they'll put on you. On, on social media, yeah, um, I, I think it's going to be um, it's going to be great. Um, sort of, um, uh, it's going to be uh, great when um, loyalty yeah. uh, loyalty heads can catch up with that sort of concept. Absolutely. And my final one really was just around um, a previous show I did with them um, with one of your clients, um, which is the the Dell uh, loyalty program. And what I particularly loved about that, and I'll make sure to link to it in the show notes. So if anybody hasn't heard that particular interview, what I really love is that um, between you guys, uh, Dell have managed to build a purely gamification based loyalty program. And I know they've, they've kind of used the platform and really in what they would have described as, you know, um, quite a challenging, um, very lengthy life cycle in terms of their customers. And again, in the context, particularly, we're talking about a lot of people feeling a bit, you know, down in the dumps at the moment. To me, there's a massive opportunity, not just to have that customer 360 view, but also maybe to think about new strategies in partnership with people like you guys who have all the capabilities that you might need. You mightn't just have tapped into a particular strategy, but I think you can add pieces on as as the, the the loyalty world evolves that's correct do you know the industry that grew the most uh in 2020 or one of the industries that grew the most was the online gaming industry yeah and you can imagine why that happened um you know there were people there were there were uh, folks who were looking for some excitement uh they got online they you know yeah. in these online games you 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 can see uh scores of the people you're competing with and yeah. i think that's the beauty of of game gamification is you bring action to the online world. Yeah. Um, and I think there's nothing like bringing gamification to loyalty. I think it's a very powerful strategy. Yeah. And if used in the right way, yeah. can deliver many good results. Absolutely. And also, it's certainly very cost-effective strategy. And again, that's top of mind for a lot of people listening. And, and I want to thank you, actually, Ashish, for your kind words at the start of the show in terms of my audience, because you're absolutely right. I feel very proud and, and humbled by the number of people who do listen to the show. And, you know, if anybody listening wasn't aware, there's about 500 
hundred people listening now to every single show. So when it comes to values that we've talked about in terms of trust, you know, we're here to share information and we're here to educate each other and we're here to learn. So, so I know that's exactly what you guys do as well as friends of the show. So, um, yeah, so lots of learnings, I think, uh, from all of the work we do together. Um, my final question for you, Ashish, is just you briefly mentioned that you're going to be setting up an office in Dubai. So I'm hoping we get to meet face to face. But tell me, have you any sense of when that might happen or, or what your plans might be for the Middle East region particularly? It is a market that we feel um, can be can be can really open up uh, as we bring the new technologies. Because I think the the consumers in that in in that region are aspirational. They want to be taken care of. They want to be given options. They want to have fun, yeah. and um, it is a market that I think. Uh, well, at least I believe Epson can can really thrive in. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope we can do something this year, mm-hmm. um, um, but you'll be the first one to know, Paula, oh. the moment you open it. <laughs> well, on that note, Ashish, I'm super excited and I, I hope to be the first to know. Is there anything else you wanted to share with, with the audience before we wrap up? No, Paula, I just feel great that you, um, you know, gave me the opportunity to speak to you and, and engage on this podcast. I've heard a couple of your podcasts and I must say uh, they, in fact, for a lot of people in Epsilon, um, your podcast has created quite a large impact. You know, there are people talking about you, Paula, uh, oh. about how they can <laughs> how they can engage with you, how they can learn from you. I actually learned some very interesting things on this show. So, so thank you too, wow. uh, because you, you shared some learnings, which I'll take back. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, listen, on that note, I will say Ashish Sina, Managing Director for Epsilon, APAC and Middle East and Africa. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. You take care. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews and thanks again for supporting the show.